Hello and welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast. My name is Ryan Walker and with me is the Sports Grad GOAT, Ruben Williams. How are you, mate? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you for that uh, that word. I'm um, I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling really good, actually. Prior to recording this podcast, we had about a 20-minute window between meetings to, mm. you know, have lunch and, uh, you know, spruce ourselves up. In yep. that time, um, I managed to get a little bit of a quick workout in. And then I thought, I need to, you know, I'm not going into this podcast sweaty. So I've done a quick drive down to the beach in Lawn. I've gone by via the bakery. I've picked up a chicken and salad roll. I've then driven down to the beach. I've chucked my towel in the sand, thongs next to it on the rocks, jumped in the water, swam around for a bit. Thankfully, the water is cold enough that I didn't want to hang in there for too long. Jumped back out, dried myself off, jumped back in the car, driven up the hill, scoffed my sandwich on the way in, and then sat down with a minute to go before recording this podcast. So... Feeling good. Feeling Jeez. good. <laughs> I mean, I wish I had the same story, um, but that actually does check out because when we did uh, jump on to do the pod, he was just just gnawing at the last remnants of his lunch. So, <laughs> yeah, but a busy day at HQ. I remember mm. in Whip on Monday, we were like, mm, you know, Wednesday's looking pretty big. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that's fine. We love it. And it's yep. a big day and there's a bit of energy about, um, I wish I had a beach like yours to jump in, but <laughs> hey, here we are. So I'm pumped for this episode. So let's crack mm. in, Rubes. We can't go any further without mentioning our great mates at Deakin University, where every single course is backed by industry experts. So you can be confident that you'll get a job you want with a degree that employers want. Deakin University, progressive real world learning. A big thank you to our other great friends at Sports Where I Am. If you're looking to give yourself an incredible summer, looking to go to all the great events that are happening in Australia and around the world, head to sportswhereiam.com to find some great deals on tickets there. Uh, You can use the code SPORTSGRAD to get 5% off your tickets as well. But that is an excellent platform. If you're just looking to find sports where you are, pretty simple as that, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, you know, the title says it all. Uh, so jump on there if you want a great deal. Uh, if you want to learn more about who we are or want to ask us any questions, feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn. You can find a link to do so in the show notes. Ruben, hit us up with who we chatted to today. Ryan, today we're talking with Jacob Colangelo, one of our loyal sports grad members who's been around for a long time now, but he comes from a background in a um, of an engineering degree. He then pivoted from that before completing a Bachelor of Commerce at UWA before jumping into a sport management master's degree at Deakin University, the uh, the factory as we like to call it. Yeah. Um, he's been a long-time lover of baseball, so some of his early experience came from grassroots baseball, which is absolutely fantastic, um, which was, you know... Um, which has come from his family history being Canadian. He comes from Vancouver originally. So he's got this great experience um, together in baseball, which he's leveraged into softball WA, where he's now uh, got an awesome role there. Yeah, no, he's a ripper. Uh, we love that he's done a sports management master's at Deakin as well. It truly is uh, the factory and we love it. So Ruben, what are some things you took away from our chat with Jacob? Oh, one of the things I loved about this conversation, Ryan, is how he just went from being a student studying away, working away, plugging away at all the stuff that students do to being thrown into the deep end and working 
on softball during an Olympic year. He's dealing with all the different stakeholders that, you know, softball has to deal with when the Olympics are on. And so his world just got completely flipped upside down and he's now dealing with these documents and these people which are highly important to the operations of the Olympics. Yeah, I, I loved how he, he spoke about a bit of a moment of inspiration for him uh, to basically drive into a baseball ground that led to his job. Uh, so it was a bit of a crazy moment where he just like, hey, why not? Why don't us drive in there? And, Let's uh, take a left here. <laughs> yeah, take a left there. And, uh, you know, you never know. It could lead you to a job. So that was quite interesting to hear. Mm, I also loved hearing about his cover letter, which he... um. Which he, uh, it's good. It's good to know that some people listen to the webinars that we run, Ryan. Um, you'll hear about more of this, more of this when we get into it. But he took the bones of the cover letter that we've got in our membership, and it's got a hundred percent strike right now. So I loved hearing how he used that webinar, applied it to his own job application, and has found this incredible success from it. Awesome. Well, let's jump into it, Rubes. Grab a pen. Enjoy this chat with Jacob Colangelo. Jacob, welcome to the Sports Grade Podcast. Thanks, boys. Thanks for having me. Jacob, pleasure to have you on. We're loving the setup behind you. For those on YouTube, they'll be able to see this. They've got an array of you've got an array of classic soccer jerseys behind you. Do you want to walk us through what teams are up on the wall? I'll go up. So usually it changes a little bit depending on who's playing. I've actually just changed the wall from all Italy after, you know, the best team <laughs> in the world won. The Euros. So behind me, I've got a signed Juventus jersey from the, I think it's 2013 14 when they were the first uh, team to break the 100 point barrier in the top five European leagues. Then I've got mm-hmm. 98, uh, 98 away Socceroos jersey above I really, me. I really like the look of that one. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I've got the 1994 Roberto Baggio long sleeve jersey, which is quite rare. Oof. Then I've got uh, Andrea Pirlo. Uh, for the 2006 World Cup winning Italian team. I've got Jeez. Germany 94. On that one. Yeah, no. <laughs> Germany 94, um, Italy jersey for 96, but the training jersey, and then above it, the Euro jersey for um, the home jersey for 96. And then right in the corner, I've got a, I think that's two, uh, 98 uh, Juventus jersey, and then a Arsenal. 96, I think, Arsenal jersey. Don't quote me on that. I kind of like relate those shares to what sponsors on the front. Like the JVC yeah. reminds me of like yeah. early Arsene Wenger days. The Jeep on the on the Juventus shirt reminds me of when Pirlo went and played there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Early, yeah. It, what was it? Twenty twelve ish around that yeah. around time. There. But uh, no, it's very cool. I, I um, we have spoken previously, and you mentioned you you have a love of uh, soccer kits, so. I was expecting there to be quite the background <laughs> for this podcast, so you, you haven't let us down. Which is good. Yeah, the rest of them are all in a box and around. It just depends on when I wake up and I go, you know what? I actually don't like the look of it because yeah. I look at them when I sleep <laughs> and I go, I'll change it through. So I've been um, trying to change. I'm um, actually about to start a business selling them. Um, so I collect everything from like every yeah. sport. Um, so I've just been, you know, wake up. I've taken my Seahawks one off because they've been playing horrible. Mm. So <laughs> Geno um, Smith in at quarterback isn't isn't quite going to plan for them. No, I've refused to watch back. the games. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, hey, do you have any any Man City jerseys on? 
you know, in your possession, possession? I do. I have the, I think it's 2018 third kit. It's the one that's purple um, with the oh, yeah. sash that's um, orange. I love that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, just because know. colors. Um, I don't think I have anything else. I have a lot of teams. Um, mm. I've just uh not done man city obviously because of how popular they're getting they're getting especially the old yeah. ones getting really expensive and i don't really want to spend <laughs> that much money on a jersey yeah. that i'm probably not going to wear too much well I, I, <laughs> i've got a signed man city jersey uh from the the day in in history for man city when <laughs> sergio aguero <laughs> the the day in epl history yeah when the greatest finished any competition of all time it's signed in my house in perth oh, uh so ready. i'll go if, grab it <laughs> if you want to have a discussion um we'll, we'll chat offline oh that's all right <laughs> i think it was the 21st presence so it wouldn't be wouldn't be ideal to let go of that one it is quite yeah. special so yeah, that, that anyway. day was actually the day that city actually became a club because for the rest of the whatever years <laughs> they were just absolutely useless <laughs> saying that as an arsenal supporter you know <laughs> we've been in the dumps but hey I'm going to take my wins. I think we we just won this morning in the League Cup, so quite happy. Mm. We could go down a very long rabbit hole oh, with yeah. soccer, <laughs> uh, football. Really, it's quite quite the collection. Mm. Um, Jacob, I wanted to kick off this conversation by uh, going right back to a message that, that you sent me earlier this year, and I'll read it out for you. It said, Ruben, I have just secured a role as participation and development officer at Softball WA. Then you go on to say, starting a Masters of Sport Management at the beginning of a pandemic seriously made me question whether I would be able to secure a job on graduation, let alone halfway through my degree. Where were you at the time that Softball WA called you up to call you, uh, called you up to say you'd been successful and, and how did it feel? Um, so I was probably in a similar position to where I was, where I am now. Um, I was actually at my computer. Um, but when I take calls, um, for anyone that knows me well, I usually can't sit still. I've always got energy. So I was pacing around the house, <laughs> around my, <laughs> around my kitchen bench in a circle. Um, so yeah, so I got the call, um, and I probably can't, <laughs> uh, repeat some of the words that I uh, screamed, screamed out <laughs> afterwards. Um, but yeah, no, it was just like a huge sigh of relief. Um, the conversations that I had um, with you just previously was um, in Perth, it's a bit different, our you know, sporting industry. Um, there's not as many opportunities that are um, available. Um, so, you know, everyone talking to Melbourne, even though we were in a pandemic and I think you guys were just out of lockdown, is that, you know, all these internships, there's all these, you know, event volunteer you can do. Here in Perth, it's very, very closed off. Um, and also, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm old, especially in my master's. Uh, I'm probably one of the younger ones. But being 24, we have kids that have come out of school and done year 11, year 12, wanting to work in sport and doing, you know, grad certificates and then having six years experience and then competing with me. Um, so I found it, it was extremely tough to crack into, um, especially with limited ins. And a lot of the time, people just recycle into jobs and then, um, so yeah, it was quite hard to find opportunities. So I worked really, really hard uh, to try and get something. Um, what I initially had said was I started my master's, I think on the 9th of March last year and was planning on 
leaving to go to Vancouver in Canada and living there for 10 months while doing my master's on the 14th of April and everything went to shit on the 29th of March and I wasn't going. So, you know, two two weeks into a master's that you've changed your whole degree and what you've previously have done to enter a new industry and everything in sport stood still. I think for the first time ever in sports history, it stood still. So then you go, okay, what's going to happen with me? Because mm. if people are losing jobs left, right and centre, if the world's getting turned upside down, there's no sporting events, nothing's happening. Like, it's hard to believe the fact that even now, like, you know, we are watching games. There was nothing on. I was watching the Belarusian Premier League because I needed to watch sport. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, there some like, funky leagues that were operating, hey? Like, I, I, I remember KO at the time was just like, what, what is this? <laughs> I was watching, watching cornhole and stuff like that. <laughs> I was genuinely watching like the old reruns of like the hot dog eating contest. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, the lucky thing to me is like I've always been like a big gamer. Um, you can probably see by my setup. By my setup, but um, the great thing was that esports didn't stop, so I was still watching esports. Um, but that's where I was like, well, if this is the new world, esports are going to be the only thing that's going on. So I was just sitting there being like, what am I going to do? Like all my plans have gone backwards i've got no idea of this new industry what i think it's going to be and it was just you know a, a year and a half well a year and a bit of relief that basically just got like pushed off my shoulders being like oh i fi- like i've finally done it like i've worked really hard i've done all the right things you know i've made sacrifices and it's finally like paid off so that was the first thing. Um, the second thing was obviously like, as soon as I got the call, the first thing I called was my mum. <laughs> well, I texted obviously. my mum. Yeah, you had to. <laughs> um, so then I texted and I texted my dad as well. And then, you know, of course, being an Italian family, everything gets through very quickly. So my phone was <laughs> blowing off. So I can't even tell my friends because, you know, someone's calling me, someone's calling me, being like, oh my God. But um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a big sigh of relief um, is probably the main thing. That's awesome. It's always... That always seems to be the overwhelming feeling, and I definitely experience the same feeling. Uh, when most people might think, "Oh, like you just overcome with joy," it's like actually, the first feeling is just relief. Like, oh, I can stop stressing about it now. <laughs> Not having to write another resume, like or a cover letter. <laughs> oh God, mate! <laughs> Literally, like sitting there and reading my own writing and you know, like prepping. I think that's a big thing. Is that people don't realize that like applying for jobs is like. A part-time job especially if you're going mm-hmm. going hard for it so and in all honesty like at the time the job only came up because well of some things that you guys had said but i was tipped off for the job and tapped on the shoulder to say hey you should apply for this because at the moment because it was the start of semester i had gone you know what let's not apply for jobs until the break because i just want to focus on this semester and then i was like okay one more i've been asked to do this and that was the one that paid off so I think that, that it was sort of me being like, oh my God, I've got all this stuff that I still have to do and I'm now going to be working. So, but yeah, I think it was just a big sigh of relief and I'm very happy I didn't have to write another resume. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a scary one. Like, I don't know. When's the last time you did your, did a resume? Um, I think it's been six months. Like it was six, actually no, seven, seven months. Yeah. But I, I, what we'll probably be speaking about is that I'm now, you know, currently update, currently <laughs> updating it. And I think the first thing you need to remember is that you don't you don't stop updating your your resume. And I think I realized that after like three months trying to jot down all the stuff that I've done, I think yeah. it's it's actually on my desktop now. 
because I just need to have access to it yeah. at all times. It's a, uh, it's a good answer. Yeah. Never, yeah. Very proactive of you. Yeah. yeah. It's very good. Um, so you've been there for six months now. What has been some early highlights for you? So one of the draw cards to um, working at softball was the fact that it was in the Olympics for the first time in 13 years. Um, so softball had previously been at the 96 to 2008 Olympics and then was not in for London or Rio. Um, and then obviously a year later um, from what it was supposed to be in Tokyo. Um, the thing is, is that softball's it's a sport that's very, you know, when it's going to be at the Olympics is when countries that, are hosting the Olympics are very good at it. So first one in 96 in Atlanta, you know, softball is one of the biggest participated sports in America. So it was a no brainer that they brought softball and baseball um, into the Olympics. So that was a big draw card for me coming into it was going, Oh, like, cool. I'm in an Olympic sport and it's first time. And it's pretty good. Like that. I'll be able to like be there when it's, when it's working on first day in there, you know, we have a team of four of us. And so I was like, who's running the socials? They go, oh, we, everyone does it. And I was like, cool, I'll put my hand up. And then two weeks later, you know, I get a document that I never thought I would ever see, which is the Channel 7 broadcast requirements uh, for being, for posting online. So, you know, being able just to mm -hmm. read all the documents of what you can post, what you can't post, what all the stuff around like the Aussie spirit, which is the, Australian team name is called the Travel Lodge Aussie Spirit, getting the dates in which, you know, they've just become the Aussie Spirit that all references to um, any sponsors get removed, you know, editing photoshops of, you know, game, which is n normally their, their, um, their manufacturer for jerseys, removing that because it's an Olympic thing. So that was the first thing was probably getting onto the Olympics and having to, and, sort of being there to drive um, our campaign for WA, um, which is actually the first ever time they've really had a social media because back when it was in the Olympics, it was 2008. Mm. So um, that was quite cool. Um, and that was probably one of my favorite projects that I was on. And it was great because it was a way for me to be introduced to the softball community and seeing some of the things that I could do because what I have gotten was that they were like, we loved it. We saw that there was every game, there was updates, even if we were at work, we, you know, we knew what was going on. So it was actually quite good just having the support from Softball Australia as well, just trying to um, push some stuff. So it was a bit of an eye opener to see, you know, an Olympic document and seeing, you know, what people actually do um, and how strict uh, the Olympics movement is on Channel 7 um, and everything. So like we couldn't even, it was like, we can't even reshare or tweet during a, during a game, it was only allowed to be Softball mm. Australia was the only one that was allowed to tweet during a game. So it was, you know, me chatting to to clubs saying, hi, I know you have Olympians there, but just letting you know that, like, just follow our lead. Like, we'll give you all the content, but you can't be doing this because the IOC is, you know, very big on their rights and they will go out like, uh, right, and you'll know, like, Vars Varsity Restaurant here had, the, had an Olympic burger. Love Varsity. They got a cease and desist letter for their Olympic burger of the month that they had to they had to change it because they were using. <laughs> my my question is like one like yeah okay but number two is how have they found that Varsity yeah. has a burger? <laughs> who who is checking in that the western suburbs of WA and they somehow know there's an Olympic burger there? <laughs> yeah, so it's like all that stuff. So just seeing like how strict it is and then understanding. So like I was like speaking to people. They're like, oh, like, this is like really cool. I was like, no, I don't think you see. The document's like about this thick. And on top of it, yeah. it's like 
it's like all the stuff you can do. You need to like, these are our goals and mottos and stuff. This is channel seven, seven, you know, seven Olympics is what they're going to be doing. This is how you write all the stuff. I think it was quite cool to see mm. like it at basically the top level of what it is. Um, and for someone in their like second month of work, quite crazy that you're the one that's dealing with all that. So that was probably my first highlight. Um, my second highlight was um, probably just meeting with clubs. Um, so I have played baseball. I still do play baseball. There's a lot of crossover between softball and baseball, um, especially in WA. So it was nice sort of to be able to see people that I sort of knew and sort of expanding my network of people. Um, and then on top of that, the problem that we have is in softball in WA is that we don't have strong pitches and catches. Um, and that's basically the crux of the sport. If you don't have a good pitcher, then your batter's not going to be as good because they're not facing as good yeah. a pitcher. So what I saw is, you know, chatting to clubs, there's like, oh, we don't have any pitches or catches and, you know, it's we don't know what's going on. And then it was sort of me being able to go, well, that's what you think are seeing but what i'm actually seeing is we have no coaches that can coach them because if they could coach them then our pitches and catches will be better so uh for the past i think a month ago i ran a pitcher and catcher clinic um and last year they had about 20 for each we had 75 um so it was great sort of just to see you know i'm actually implementing something that's working and what's members are wanting and i'm getting extremely good feedback for it so i think that was another big thing for me also i learned how to pitch i wouldn't say i'm a very good pitcher <laughs> but i learned quite quickly how to how to pitch so i think it was great because it allows me to get out of the office and allows me to get there and you know learn stuff and still still interact with people so i think that was probably the second thing that's been quite good so you, um, you, so you literally out there yourself coaching people on softball yeah. That's so, cool. so that's why like, it was a bit of a, like, I'm pretty sure like my third week I did, I was like, well, I need to be an accredited coach because I was going to ask, yeah, like yeah. you're the participation and development officer and now you're a softball coach as well. <laughs> yeah. So that's what, because what I saw is that obviously it's quite hard because a lot of the coaches are older and it's like, well, if I'm trying to run something through the day, I've got a limited amount of people that can help me. So mm. It's really important for me just to understand everything. So I just did, you know, the first, it's technically like in other sports, it'd be the full level one, but it's like four courses. I just did the four courses. And I did it quite quickly because obviously, you know, playing baseball, understanding it's still quite similar. Um, but yeah, so I basically were just like, this is important and I need to do it because I need to understand because the quicker that I can facilitate stuff at a high level, the cheaper it's going to be for me, which means I can get an extra coach. Also, when going to regional communities, they want to ask about this stuff. And it's the same questions that are just like, how do we need some you know, tips on this. So I just needed to upskill myself as quickly as possible just to work. So I wasn't actually running the pitching, the pitching clinic. Um, I was just there help facilitating, but I also was run, was like in it, but yeah, it's quite good because, you know, all of a sudden, like you're in the office one day and the next day I'm out there mm. with, you know, 60 kids and, mm, and parents out there. So and then probably the final highlight I'll say is um, I've sort of started with uh, another lady in the office, Donna, um, a state league competition. So um, previously we have like associations and there's no real, like in cricket, you have like a pretty good format of districts and which is basically runs like from associations through. We don't really have that. So we always had PSL, which is Perth Softball League, would have their Premier League comp that had three teams last year that people would just join um this 
they didn't want to run it this year. So I was like, let's come on, let's, let's run it. Let's run a state competition. So wrote the ground rules for that, talked to the clubs, um, doing all the social media, created a logo, creating all the social media content for it, um, promoting it, um, doing a ladder that everyone's like, wow, this is great. So I think that's probably been quite good, just being able to use my graphic design skills and, you know, my understanding of the game to sort of create this league. And it's been fantastic. Like I will be there tomorrow night as well, hopefully if it doesn't keep bucketing down rain. But yeah, it's just been great. And then, you know, being able to speak to people i think that's a big thing that's different in sport and that was a, my attraction is that you have so many connections with people that if you're in an office you know you, all you've got is your clients at least i can go out do my job come out of the office for 30 minutes if there's games out chat to people see how they're going and just have that interaction which for someone that's very social i think it's probably something that i should be doing love it that's awesome so you you've uh You've gone from like halfway through a master's to being thrown into this organization where you're creating content around in, around the Olympics on top of, you know, go out and coaching yourself and creating your own leagues. Um, like before all this, what sort of chance did you give yourself of entering a position like that when you started out? Um, in all honesty, I was looking initially at social media positions um, just because that was sort of my background as well as I do have an undergrad in that. So I didn't think that at all I'd be able to get something like this job. Um, so I did sort of get tapped on the shoulder. And it's sort of how when speaking to people and, and other sports grad members about sort of how I started and to get this to get this role. Like I remember one of the key things that obviously probably the core message that you guys say is get involved in grassroots sport. So I previously hadn't played sport competitive like in a club environment i've been playing with my mates socially the whole time i've been out of uni but probably was when i was still in school and as ryan would know being in a psa school you know sport 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 um so i as soon as i just sort of needed a break and and so because you don't you're not in the club because you're always playing for your school you don't have time to play in a club so i lost that and i was like well i don't know what i'm doing anymore like i've not been involved in in grassroots sports ever at a high level, I've always been, you know, a junior participant or, um, so I don't, so that was the first thing was I was like, well, I sort of need to get involved into stuff. So by absolute sheer coincidence, I'm driving home one day from work and we've got an led sign out front of the baseball club saying, hi, registrations tomorrow, come down. And I was just like, well, I want to work in baseball. Dad used to play for this club 30, 35 years ago. I watch baseball all the time. You know what? let's let's just go let's go do it so that was the first thing that i did is i literally joined the baseball club and then offered that i would redo their logos because they were all pixelated so i just redid them and went up to the president and said yeah if you need anything for social media like small jobs just let me know so and then got involved with there um and then the big thing that i that you guys talk about was you know using your network and so i was always telling everyone yeah i'm studying sport management like it's a bit different I got invited to come help out with the CP football program, which is the cerebral palsy um, football program in in WA. Uh, I had a um, family friend, like a very good family friend, cousin, we're Italian, everyone's a cousin, um, in the program. He's represented Australia, the Pararoos, um, as well as one of the guys facilitating the program um, is a family friend as well. So he just said, hey, come down. We need, you know, um, the boys, especially some of some of them that have, 
more abled bodies because um, in CP football, um, they're actually like tiered. Um, so you can only have a certain amount of points on the field because of movement. So the ones that are highly mobile really like having able athletes to, so they can compete against because then they're playing against in an environment that's similar to having their type of athlete at a high level at nationals. So I came down and just started helping out and a year later I'm still going down. And I think that was the first moment when I said, oh my God, I picked the right degree. Like I had such a good time. Um, so for me, it was just, you know, getting back involved and then using my network. And that's the funny thing about like, it's actually crazy because everyone asks how I got a job at the Wildcats DJing. And I literally <laughs> say to them, my mate has been on the team for eight years. And I just was like, can I join? And he goes, yeah, <laughs> and sent an email. And it's, it's, it's so crazy how like people just, you know, don't, use their network or don't ask, just don't ask like the head DJ at the Wildcats that I'm good friends with now I asked him how he got on the team and he goes I used to come to the games as a member and I saw that people were DJing and I was like I've been he emailed them saying I've been a DJ for 20 years I've won all these awards can I join the team and they said yeah <laughs> so that sounds like a pretty clear strategy and, that, and that's and that's and that's why I might become a DJ yeah I might yeah. have to ask <laughs> <laughs> but that's why I was like, because for me, it was like such a barrier because you're seeing, you know, all this stuff of, you know, all these, like listening to the podcast of all these things that people have done. And then I was just like, all I have to do is just go out and ask people. And the worst thing they're going to say is no. And at least they know who you are. At least they know that you're proactive. They might go, yeah, no for now. But when they're thinking about something, they go, okay, at least I know that someone's proactive and wanting something and looking for it. Because you may not get it now, but you might get it in the future. Mm -hmm. So what's been really lucky is like the fact that I've done all this. And then what this actually leads on to was how I got the job at softball. So I played baseball. I was, was like, I just really want to enjoy the game. I want to play with a bunch of older guys who have played for years. Cause I just want to learn because they've got experience before I push myself to go a lot higher. And one of the guys on the team I really connected with, you know, went to his 45th birthday party and just started talking to his wife. And she was just like, what are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm studying online for my master's uh, in sport management just right now. And it was about the time, just after the time where I started, I was about to start at the Wildcats. I've just done all the stuff with the CP football. I've said, I've just started my podcast as well. Like I'm just, just trying to get my name out there and just get some experience because it's been hard during COVID. Conversation, all cool. I, Cause I knew that and I was asking about her. She's a, you know, a CEO of a company. All of a sudden, I get a message being like, hey, my, what were you talking to my missus about sport about? She wants to speak to you in our grand final. Tiff's on the board at Softball WA. This job's come up and she said, I think you'd be perfect for the job. Apply. Not saying that I got the job because of that, but I wouldn't have gone for the job if it wasn't for that. And it, mm. the fact that I got a tick of approval from a board member just by speaking about it, I wasn't not asking anything, but just making everyone aware of what you're doing allows mm. people to think of you when something comes up, because in all honesty, I probably wouldn't have gone for this job if I didn't get a tap on the shoulder to say, hi, you actually might be good for this because I wouldn't have thought that I might've been as qualified as someone else. Um, so yeah, so I think that's why for me, my early thoughts about being a job in sport was that it was going to be extremely hard, but in all honesty, mm -hmm. it is hard, but the more people you chat to and the mm -hmm. more people willing to bat for you and basically willing to talking about your vision, talking about what you want to do and just asking, like really just asking. And then on top, if you're asking, you know, 10 people a week for something, 
if you're doing that for eight weeks, you're most likely going to get one of them saying, okay, maybe, maybe not now, but a little bit, a little bit in the future. And that's probably big for people coming out of lockdown is that they don't have these volunteer staff previously because there might be a year and a half of not doing anything. So if you start asking now and start going, okay, networking, asking, emailing, cold emailing, you're probably mm, going to get yeah. some sort of experience coming out of that. Yeah, no, that's a great example of why it's so important to to stay top of mind and uh, and the results that it can lead to. Yeah, just like, and it's just, and just speaking, like I think if, if you, the big thing that I've found if you're really passionate about something and I feel like everyone that's wanting to work in sport is extremely passionate about sport. And if you're not, you might want to change what you're trying to do, but because everyone is so heavily passionate about it, you need to show your passion. And I think if you can share a vision to people, especially people that aren't in the sports industry, um, like when I chatting to Jay, who's the head DJ at the Wildcats, he loves asking what I'm doing in the course. Cause I've always said to him, this is what we're doing. I'm so passionate about this. And he's always said, when something comes up, yep, can you, hi, I've got this. Can you, passing it all, I can't do this. Can you, can you do this sports stuff? I think it'd be really good for your degree. Come, he DJs at the force and the fever. He got me down to a fever game because he said, you should actually just come watch how I do it because it's differently and different stuff you can use for event management to understand the difference between basketball and netball, seeing the way that the Wildcats run their operation, like a schedule and then something like, the fever, which is not a sport that's probably as well developed um, in Nepal and sort of see how their event management goes and how their broadcasting goes. So talking about it being passionate and being able to just say that you're keen to learn has been such a benefit because people are looking to help you if they're not in the sporting industry because they're going to sort of live through you. Like Mm. I know for Jay, Jay's helped me out a lot and been a bit of a mentor for me and helped me out with a lot of the DJing side of of sport but i've always said to him i was like mate once i'm over in america you're coming over and you're djing like i'm getting you free tickets you're djing so i think just explaining to people and sort of being passionate you know they want to live through your journey especially if you're young and you're passionate and they're going oh i love to work in sport but it wasn't something that i could do so i think that's a big thing is just be passionate tell everyone about it because people are wanting to help you so with all that in mind what made you become a sports grad member? So I think for me, I actually found sports grad um, when I got accepted into Deakin. Um, coming from a club background at UWA, that was always, clubs were always a way to be in and understanding what was going on. So I was like, okay, let's find what's going on at Deakin. So I'd been, you know, watching the content that Ruben had put out previously. Probably this would have been like, November 2018. Seeing oh, you, you'd seen the YouTube videos. Yeah, I've seen the I've seen the YouTube videos. I like I like yeah yeah. So um so I was watching that. Cam Cam Smith from our membership. He's another one who messaged me way back when ages ago. And I was like, how has this guy in Queensland found these videos? And now I'm thinking the same thing. How has someone in Perth found these videos? But um, yeah, great to see you've uh, yeah you've found them somehow. <laughs> so so that's where it sort of started because I've always gone. So I think I was looking at Deuce, Deuce's stuff and they were sharing some stuff with you and just seeing you know who's what are they doing, who are they bringing to the table um, for. And then obviously they had shared some stuff for you, so I'd I'd followed that and then I'd connected with you on LinkedIn before, like I think before Sports Grab really blew up, um, and then sort of saw the stuff that was 
coming out and then you started posting a lot more about you know lockdown and what you can do in lockdown so i was just loving the content and then your podcast came out i think a week after i'd recorded all my episodes for the podcast and i started listening to them and then i'm also um friends with Haley hamp um another person from perth um how do you know she, Hayley? uh uni games <laughs> oh yeah nice. i uh, i um Oh, so I played mixed netball at Western Uni Games and Tempin Bowling. I did play Tempin Bowling yep. at Australian Uni Games. And if anyone's wondering why I played Tempin Bowling, um, it's the least amount of exercise you can do after a big night out. Yeah, I don't get how people play footy at Uni Games. Well, when Uni, no. uni Games mm. isn't a thing anymore, is it? Uh, well, not for COVID no, at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> I think they canned it though. Maybe that's no, how it came. It yeah, came I, was, I was at I was at the uh, Australian University Sport Conference in twenty. 17 when they talked about remodeling it to make it a professional stepping stone for oh. athletes going to the olympics and that Shouldn't went down real well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well we had a pretty good olympics so yeah who knows what role in games played that but um episode 22 for anyone who wants to check out Haley hamp good friend of the show but yeah so Haley messaged me saying you should listen to this because i'd always spoken to Haley because making the switch she had just made the switch to Collingwood um, and I'd always asked her about how, you know, how she's finding it changing to sport. And um, so, yeah, so being Haley, I played mixed netball at Western Uni Games as well um, and she was just in the women's netball team and then we just got along and, and has kept in touch um, since. So she sort of was like, you need to listen to this, like this will help out. And then so I've listened to almost every episode and been through <clears throat> and then I think I jumped on the membership once I started to go, okay, I'm really in, let's start working to get a job. So not actually sure when I signed up, I think it might've been December or November last, last year. Let me um, take a look. I, <laughs> I, yeah. I think cause it was just, you had enticed me by the, the price going up and I was like, ah, stuff it. I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll finally bite the bullet and, and do it. Um, and yeah, so that was that was sort of for me was it was a bit of um, the big draw card was I think like minded students. Um, the one thing that I always say in my resume and cover letter that people can use um, that I'm a highly motivated and passionate um, sports management student. Um, and for me, if you're highly motivated, you should be doing everything in your power to succeed. And so I saw that this was a way for me to say, look. I'm not just listening to the episodes. I'm actually being active in the community and trying to pursue my career and move forward. Um, so that's what I saw was that this was a stepping stone for me to get to start showing someone that I'm actually trying instead of just applying for um, degrees. I'm basically investing in myself was the mm. first thing. The second thing was just meeting. You're right. Like it's a big thing to say I'm putting money down to do extracurricular stuff. Yeah. And, um, and that was the, and so meeting, I think other like-minded people. Um, so obviously I had, um, you sort of see the people that are liking all the sports grad posts on LinkedIn. You can sort of see the community and I'd connected with them. I, I like heavily had used LinkedIn. So a bunch of, you know, I just look at the students that were liking the sports grad post and send them a connection because I just wanted to broaden my, um, LinkedIn connections of people that are like-minded going through the same thing, seeing the opportunities. But I think it's actually opened a few doors. Um, so just yesterday, I was on a call with um, Shiv, who works at Softball oh, New yeah. South Wales. So yep. I think it's also like you're looking mm. into 
being there. Like I was really confident just sending him an email because we're connected on LinkedIn. I know where it was. I just sent him, you know, this real casual email saying, Hey man, loving what you're doing with your marketing hub at New South Wales. I'm trying to do something like that in Perth or looking for it. I know you guys have just come out of lockdown. You haven't really tested about it, but wouldn't mind just having a quick 20 minute combo saying what you're doing. How's it working? And then from that, you know, a quick introduction through that, we had a 20 minute call yesterday about work. And that's because I know him through the community and I've seen that he's, that he's there. So I think on top of that, not even just looking for a job, being active in the community, you, you start recognizing names and you start seeing other people that you can connect with and you never know who's going to open a door for you. Yeah, you're absolutely right. When we had one of our meetups in Melbourne earlier this year, Sean Callanan, founder of Sports Geeks, said to us, you know, the main rate, like what you're doing is great. You're upskilling students. That's fantastic. You build this community. Where it's really going to become beneficial is in, you know, three years, five years, 10 years time when everyone's working in the industry, everyone's growing together and you've got those connections already cemented from an early, uh, early point in time. So, yeah, who knows where we'll end up in, together. But you're right, like that connection piece is uh, a cool thing that um, has become a part of it. And I think it's also like an early chat to someone like it's a really easy introduction so like i remember speaking to nathan on one of i jumped on one of the quick speed speed networking or meeting someone we'd actually never talked face to face but we'd known each other from the community and actively posting on linkedin and commenting on each other's stuff and i just said it was like if it wasn't especially for me being a cloud student and away from everyone in melbourne it's a way to interact and just seeing what he's doing like i probably know quite a lot what he's doing with work than most people that are actually friends with him just because I keep up to date on LinkedIn. I see all his posts on the community so I can actually interact with him and speak like nothing's changed. Like, like we've never met each other, but we actually know so much about each other. And I think that's different as well as I think creating and being around people with like-minded and also working towards the same goals is great for yourself because you can relate to other people. So you can see what other people are doing and say, Oh, that's actually really cool. I should try and do something there. And I think also like seeing it makes a face to the LinkedIn connection yeah. and seeing what they're doing and posting in the in the community and just chatting to them. It actually gives more. So like I think I spoke quickly to, to Pat during the, the LinkedIn connection. I saw yesterday that he, you know, we were chatting about him getting, you know, getting a job and what he was finding and where he was going through. And so I saw yesterday on LinkedIn, oh, he did a sport marketing course and a Google digital marketing course. And I liked it. And I was like, that's actually really cool because I know his story. I know that he's really trying hard to get a job after his um, his bachelor's and he's upskilling himself to do this. So I think it was also creating the connections and me going, I should probably also start doing this. So <laughs> I think it's good. And I think um, it also pushes other people in the community to do more. If they're seeing that other people are succeeding, then they can say, yeah, okay, it's time. Let's, let's, start. let's start moving towards it. I actually see that other people are getting jobs and what they're doing is similar to what I'm doing. And so I actually have the confidence to go for something that I normally wouldn't. Mm, yeah. So you're kind of like inspiring each other in yeah. a way. Um, what, what other ways has it helped you progress your career? So uh, <laughs> this will be a funny one. So um, the Geelong um, of cover letter, I think you wrote that you would like did a webinar on. Oh, the live job, oh, the yeah. live job application. Yep. I literally yep. copied my cover letter off that. Like I cha obviously <laughs> changed and adapted to, to myself, yeah, yeah. but that was actually like my cover letter is 
pretty much like the same format because I previously had like an old. Oh, that, that's all right. Yeah, format and structure like that's, and that. that was I didn't copy it. Play on with structure and yeah. format, <laughs> and just remove Ru- like Ruben out of it and insert <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> I actually yeah. like did it, but it was um that was I think that was one of the first things that I interacted with like in the um with the like live webinar recordings mm. and I watched that and it was just chatting through dissecting a you know I always found that I was quite good with dissecting a job description but it was just seeing another person's opinion um seeing what words you use how you format it I think helped and at the end of the day I used that that cover letter like once and it worked so <laughs> like it's a one for one for me so it worked quite well but I think that was probably the big thing um is just having those resources available to yourself um, if you need it um, and just being able, I think with those, not that I've been in a live webinar because it hasn't really worked well for time-wise for me in WA, but I think being able to be in there and asking questions and having your resume or cover letter next to it while it's being live also can help because then you're looking at what you haven't done and what can be done. So yeah, so use that webinar. I think it's one of the first ones. So if you are a member, I would highly recommend that live um, <laughs> job application for that one. Mm, well, I think that there's two in there. I think, I think there is now. Webinar number one was definitely live mm. job application. And then I reckon I did a second one, which might've been at webinar number six for that reason though, so that people can start to really get a handle on this stuff. And that, you know, so there's a bank of these sort of resources so that, you know, Whenever the time comes in the future and you need to revisit that sort of stuff, that resource is there to to access. Yeah. Do you reckon you'll um, put to memory webinar numbers as well as podcasts? Because you are exceptional at remembering episode numbers. <laughs> uh, I know I reckon I know the podcast better than I know the the webinars. And there's like ten times the amount of podcasts out there. So <laughs> yeah. we'll get there. Something to uh, to go back to, I think. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> learn that off our heart. Um yep. Jake, if you were actually brave enough to share with us what your career goal is, which is to be an executive on an MLB team, can you tell us where that goal came from and and when it all started? So uh, originally, so I'm actually born in Vancouver, Canada. And so we moved to Perth in 2002. So my mum's born in Canada. My dad's born here. um, And then we're Italian on both sides, which is why... Heavily, heavily soccer focused. Um, but yeah, so for me, uh, it's interesting because American sports have always been you know, my bread and butter. Like a lot of, I feel like Australian sports fans have found love in American sports later in, later in life. But for me, it was, you know, the Vancouver Canucks, the Toronto Blue Jays was what I used to watch. So while other kids were watching cartoons, my mum would be on Rogers Sportsnet and I would be watching any any sport because it would just make me shut up (laughs) and so that just really like works so for me like i i think my draw card to baseball has always been the fact that it's on six days of a week that your team is playing and there's more games than ever so i just absolutely loved it because i was like i could watch my team every day like play a game so i just always as a young child just loved watching it um and then as i've grown and you know the availability on you know ko and other platforms to watch it i've really started to appreciate how in depth the game is um and how sort of i think if anyone's watched moneyball i think you start to understand best movie ever 
I, I mean, certainly <laughs> in the top five in, in yeah. my ranks. So, so I think you get to understand the sort of how much stats and me being someone that's just loved maths and stats, spin the draw card as, as you know, oh, you know, there's so much information that you can look at and, and just look at, like just analyze and, and that there's so much strategy. There's so much, you know, so many players, there's so much, there's no salary cap, you know, players have played so much money. There's so much money in the game. Um, so that's for me, it just always was, oh, it's just so different and so foreign to any other game that I've just always loved it. As well as I think the big draw card for me wanting to be an MLB ex- like ex- executive of a team is that I'm highly competitive. I love winning and I hate <laughs> losing. Um, so for me, like I work, I understand myself and I know that I work really, really well in high pressure environments. Um, and I thrive in high pressure environments. And for me, the biggest high pressure environment is in professional sport at like a major, major level. Um, and just like, I always want to, obviously the goal for everyone, like you guys working at cricket Australia is you want to work in the sport that you like absolutely love playing and you just don't, you just like everything about your life is about this sport. Um, so for me, like I just love watching baseball. So you guys can't see, but I'm actually watching game one of the um, World Series is on next to me. Um, <laughs> Who's in the World so, Series yeah. again? Uh, the Atlanta Brave and the Houston Astros. Um, Random teams so, yeah. this year. Yeah. So um, yeah. So I'm Red really Sox hoping the Bra- or like a San Fran Giants or you know I don't know who else is a big team. Uh, uh, good Dodgers. friends of the New York Yankees. Yeah, our good friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> yeah, big fan of um, what we do. But yeah, so it was more just for me. Like I think I've always been lucky because you need to understand the circumstances that you're in and what, let's say you as a person, you have advantages or competitive advantages over people. So for me, I'm a Canadian citizen. That allows me to work in Canada without getting a visa for as long as I want. It's a lot easier for me to get an American um working visa as well being a canadian citizen allows me to travel back and forth Mm. without getting a visa Mm. um just just for travel as well um so i've understood that you know i've got this advantage that a lot of people don't have that i should be using to my advantage and for me like american sports a pinnacle of sport for me bar maybe european soccer for some of it that i've always seen that this is the highest pedestal and that if i'm really driven and want to push myself and so i go yep let's let's I'd rather aim up here, like right at the top and fall a little bit short than aim low and stay low. So I think that's for me, it's just for my career and wanting to be an MLB exec is just the competitiveness of wanting to win and the compet- mm. and me wanting to push myself to the absolute limit and me knowing that I will be driven to, to get my goals. So, so when you get to Canada, what's the first step? So my first step, in all honesty, is... Um, when I decided to go over, I think it's actually just chilling out for a bit and spending time with family. I think in, mm. in COVID... Set the um, gaming chair up and just... Yeah. yeah just be- <laughs> and, and sit through. I think it's like... Um, and I think especially through COVID, I think we've learned that we need to chill and we need to relax and the importance of like mental health and, and you know, working at your highest productivity and, and being being happy. So for me, I think just spending time with family and just chilling out for a bit, you know, being at uni for about to be my eighth year straight um sort of sort of time to chill out but i think um for me when me and ryan have been chatting about some things 
basically starting square one, coffees. Good old coffees and and, and networking. Yeah. So um, obviously the American market's um, a lot different than the Australian market to crack into. And um, what we've said is it's pretty hard to compete with people who do their internship at the Lakers um, for stuff. So for me, it's just building a, building a whole new network that I don't know and understanding a new sporting environment that is completely different to what I have done. Um, so yeah, I think coffee's first thing and probably the best, probably the best thing to do. Um, and it's also just, um, I think meeting the right people and using your network over there. It's the exact same thing that I've done here. I've got family, I've got connections over there. Who do they, who do they know? Who can help me? Who can understand what, what I can do to achieve my goals? I think what I am doing at the moment is quite good for people, um, for other people to do, which is starting off where you are now, what abilities and attributes do you have, as well as competitive advantages that you have over everyone else that you might be competing against. Because the thing in sport is that in other jobs, you know, 10 people might get a job in for this, for this job opening, but in sport, you need to be number one. So you need mm. to show what you have that other people don't have and what you can do well. Um, yeah, like if, you, if you're a graduate accountant going into a big four company, mm. they're taking on like 50 every year or something like yeah. that. So yeah. yeah, you don't need to be the best. So I think it's it's really understanding. I'm trying to, at the moment, understand myself better than I have um, and understanding what makes me advantageous to someone, what makes me different from other people. So for me, getting over there, I spoke to, to Ryan, I, um, what might be for someone not just myself going internationally and for international students who have come to Australia who are trying to get a job is the big thing that you've got that's a competitive advantage is you've left your whole family and left and made a sacrifice to try and pursue your career. And that's something that a domestic student or someone from, you know, the town that you're applying for can't say is that they are willing to, for their career, make huge sacrifices that most people won't, which shows that you're driven. But that's a big thing a lot of people leave off as well. Mm. Like I talk to heaps of international students and they don't even refer to where they've come from half the time. They just try and say, this is what I've done whilst I've been in Australia. I'm like, you've left your family. You've done a completely new degree. You've swapped careers. That's a story that, you know, people can attach themselves to. Had to work hard to pay off because, you know, the fees, they don't have hex fees. They don't have, yeah, they have a limited amount one. of time. They have to work per week. They've got to pay for all their living expenses. Mm. If I think just showing people, and that was the big thing that I need, like I'm mapping out what will make me different from just a normal, you know, US grad. And that can mm. be like, for me, something that's always been interesting um, that I'd love to get into is working with international fans, being an international fan of major teams and being a fanatic. It's just mm. a different different view that most sports are now trying to get into. So for me, it's can I enter an international fan experience? Because as an international fan, I have a better understanding of what international fans want. So looking at stuff like that, being like, what can be my pitch to a company of what I can do differently? Um, so so that's yeah, sort of I, the, the first. When bit. we um when we interviewed Jay Lee, the vice president of product experience at the NBA, he looks after NBA.com, the NBA app and the NBA league pass. And he said that Australia is one of the biggest markets for the NBA league pass. And so that's where someone with like, you know, international fandom experience becomes extremely useful if you can have them in the office and you can say to Jay Lee, Hey, I've spent a lot of time in Australia. I know what they think. You know, these are the insights, how I can help your product. Cause that's the funny thing is out of that podcast, I laughed because that was something that I never thought of because it was just, normal to me when he was chatting about um 
the fact that the time of the game would ruin the score if someone yeah. was watching the game late. Yeah. And I was like, that's just something that I've normally just like had to do because I just, if I'm watching a game delayed, I just have to do that. Yeah. But for, you know, for someone that's never had to experience that, you know, we've got an advantage as, as someone like, especially for Australia, a lot of the markets they want to tap into Australia um, mm. and working forward is just understanding what makes you different, what you can what you can do uh, differently. And then I'm hopefully trying to pinpoint how I can get to where I want to be and seeing mm. what I need to do. Um, so that's the thing that I'm doing at the moment is just trying to figure out what also makes me special and what I can work off and then trying to figure out how I can get to this goal. Obviously, you know, you've got your ideal circumstance. The line is linear. In in all honesty, it's probably not going to be. It's going to be a bit jagged and moving around. But I think just trying to pinpoint and then what you can do is you can evaluate every job and every opportunity of is this going to help getting where I want to be? It's like literally like how, you know, sports, relating it to sport is how, you know, you have strategic plans and then the sport has strategic plan. And if it's not, helping the strategic plan are you gonna waste your time doing it so mm. it's working like a sporting organization just <laughs> you're just making your strategic plan for yourself that's it love that analogy it's good <laughs> <laughs> finally jacob obviously you were able to find a job halfway through your masters what's some advice you would give yourself when you were at the start of your masters um i think the first thing would be is um being confidence in your abilities initially um, and what you're studying. I think there's been a, I've sort of noticed in my job that everything that we've learned has actually had such an application to what I'm doing um, and that your knowledge that you have in sport, especially with sort of this transition period, I feel um, in sport where you have a lot more sporting professionals entering the sporting field rather than previously, it's just been a lot of you know business people, but they've been loving loving of sport that you now have people trained um in sport management is that you understand that you're actually stuff that you're learning is actually starting to be implemented implemented now and that your knowledge of things is actually a lot greater than what some other people can do so even though you know you might you know doubt your abilities but everything that you're learning and taking on actually you could actually speak up and and implement some stuff and give some ideas i think that was the that's the first thing is don't doubt your abilities um and know that you'll you're actually capable to apply for jobs um i think the second thing is just like harping on what you guys said get involved in grassroots sport i think at it beforehand so like for me you know i changed degrees and started in a master's if you're in a bachelor degree and starting off at a bachelor the best thing to do is is just volunteer at a club or looking for volunteer experience. I think volunteer experience, like what you guys said, is the best experience because you are not, you're, you're not getting paid for it. So they only see the benefits that you are giving, that you're giving up your time. You're not doing it for any other reasons. Your reasons are you love sport and you want to further your career. So I think that's the other thing. And the, and the third thing is just work hard. Like if, if you're, like I said previously, one person gets a job in sport, if you are showing people how motivated you are and you're wanting to do anything to try and get this job and you're showing that by doing four different volunteering opportunities in a week, doing, you know, still playing sport, being really tough, being organized, being at uni, someone's going to see that this person really wants the job and is willing to work to, to, 
to a goal and willing to get something done. And I think that for an employer, that's what they, especially a younger person, that's what they want. They want someone who's driven, who's going to get something done and is going to put 110% effort into it. And I think if you show that, you're in a real good way to trying to get a job in sport. Fantastic, mate. Well, it's been awesome having you on the podcast. We, we love having a, having a long-time listener be present on the pod it's uh and and as well have one of our loyal members on as well um just hearing you explain sort of what you're doing over in wa for softball wa is actually awesome uh, and you really having an impact and we can't wait to see what's next uh with the plans to shift over to canada it's looking pretty good for you so thanks again for coming on and uh we'll definitely chat soon Alrighty, Rubes, what an episode. The great man, Jacob Colangelo, loyal sports grad member and member of Softball WA. What are some things you're taking away from that episode? Ryan, if I'm listening to that, one, I'm taking a left turn into my grassroots club whenever I drive past the next oval I see on the road. But when I get there, I'm not just going to volunteer my time. I'm going to find a way to make that club better in whatever way, shape or form I can think of. Jacob is an extremely creative person. He took over the social media, added his own graphic design flair to it and made the role his own and that leveraged into other opportunities. So um, look for ways to make your grassroots club better is one of the main takeaways I got from Jacob. Yeah, I, I, I took away just the idea of, you know, a lot of people come to us and say, I want to work for the AFL or I want to work for Cricket Australia. And I think some people can get too you know, invested in getting that job at the big organization. I think what Jake has been able to do is secure a really awesome role at Softball WA, you know, a state sports organization, which offers a lot of opportunity for people to expand not only just their job title, but they get a mix of everything and you're able to have a huge amount of impact early on. So I think the lesson in that is don't wait for that role just to come up. If there's one that's there, take it because you're able to build that experience from the get-go and you're not sort of waiting and waiting and waiting to sort of struggle to find bits of experience so don't wait just crack in get try get a role at a small organization yeah absolutely and just on that don't wait for a particular point in time like jacob said originally you know i'm just i might wait until the end of my degree i just want to do i want to focus on one thing at a time i want to i want to get some work experience i want to study i want to do that well I'm, you know, I'm not going to apply for jobs. It wasn't until he got a tap on the, t- on the shoulders to say, hey, you should have a look at this job that he actually thought about applying. And now mm-hmm. he's, you know, love and life. So if you're thinking, I'm going to wait for a particular point in time to apply for the job, scrap that, get out there and start applying as soon as possible because you might end up working on the Olympics like Jacob did. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, be sure to connect with us on LinkedIn. We'd love to chat with you on there. You can find a link to do so in our show notes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.